This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London FA Cup special podcast. (laughs) Absolute lack of enthusiasm from the posse in the house. They obviously had far too many wines as we start. But like I said to you, we're in central London. I'm Billy Grant. I'm in the Lamb and Flag, which is a pub that we we haven't been to for quite a long time. We used to come here quite a lot. Uh, It's in Covent Garden. It's a brilliant pub it's right in the middle here you should come down there if you want to they take absolutely brilliant care of you we're upstairs in the lamb and flag cabin this is the beside cabin almost isn't it because we've been here so many times we have been here it's, it's almost it's, it's, it's actually a, a very um important pub this one yeah, why is that then because during the blitz the, the, the Luftwaffe would have done a rather good job of central London, but they, they didn't get this place, did they, Bill? The Blitz? Are you talking about when, when we played Birmingham City last season? No, I'm talking about, no. But this, this is probably 1700s, this pub, and this, there's not a lot left around here. So, so beer, put out the, beer put out the bombs. Indeed. So, listen, we're moving forward. Like I said, I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in the Chums, in the Lamb and Flag in Covent Garden. If you're in Covent Garden, just step in here. It's really wicked. People stand outside, even in the winter. They're all outside having a right old drink. You can come upstairs there if you want to chill out. And also downstairs, very cavernous. But it's all good. But like I said, I've got the Laney who was just chatting to you just now. Laney, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's, uh, it's very cold out there. It's, uh, it is a proper old, cold, foggy London night. But we're going to talk a lot about Brentford tonight, and there's, there is a lot to get through. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. I've got Lord Lucan as well, who's a central London man. Anytime we're in central London, you know that Lucan will be there. How are you doing, the Lord? I'm good. I, I, feel, I feel in my place, you know, a B-team line-up for a B-team competition. I am the uh, Tom Field or Josh Clark of the current Besotted set up you know the lamb of flag sounds like a sort of nightmare var scenario when we play preston in the playoff final uh the the movable force against the movable object uh but yeah yeah i was gonna say laney you missed out the, the pun jaeger bombs could have been could have been what fell on this place Okay. It sounds like it sounds like that's what's falling downstairs anyway. So you're out. Yes, it's good. To be fair, the Luke end. I mean, if you turn up for training a bit more often, then maybe you might be picked for the first team. But anyway, oh, we'll move on for that. Yeah, yeah. We have got, we have got the Westbrook in the house. The Westbrook, how are you doing? I'm fine, Billy. How are you? Um, thanks for letting my uh, Bissotti podcast debut this season. Um, looking forward to having a good chat about Brentford. Looking forward to two home games in the next week, both of them. Fingers crossed that those results will come all right. But listen, we're going to move on rather rapidly. But I've got to ask the question before we move on and talk about last weekend a little bit because there's a few things that we need to look at last weekend because you've got to know where you're coming from. 
to know where you're going to, as my mother used to say to me. Yeah. But the question I'm going to ask to you is that obviously on Saturday, we have got Leicester City of the Premier League, who are in the top four of the Premier League, and Leicester. They're coming down to Griffin Park in the FA Cup. But I was just thinking, you know, because there's, there's, there's a few feelings going around the pub. We're not quite sure if people are potty for it or not. And I just thought I'd go around and ask everybody here, who, what was the last time that you were really up for the cup, Laney? See, it's, it's a bit difficult because you're, you're entrusting your weaknesses and you almost get sucked into the, the fact that you feel that you could win. And the chances of Brentford winning either the, we call it the League Cup or the FA Cup or the Anglo-Italian Cup or any cups we've been involved with, chances of us winning anything are pretty slim. But you have to allow yourself to believe now and again. And I thought... I believe. I believe I, believe I can fly. I know, but I did believe that the last time we played Chelsea under Dean Smith away at Stamford Bridge, I thought we stood a chance. And... I was I mugged myself right off. We we brought Scott Hogan back and he couldn't be bothered and nor could any of the Brentford players could be bothered that day and it was just a wasted day out. What was the score? I can't even remember 4-0. I think the first half Harley Dean spent trying to get John Terry's autograph. It was and also the other thing about it and we did we've done Chelsea twice away in a few seasons as well and it's proven to be one of the the worst away days ever isn't it you can't get a drink anywhere it's all a bit moody it's all a bit rubbish it's all a bit touristy at Chelsea it's kind of the thing that you know um, people warn us that a lot of the Premier League is like we're not we don't know because we've not been there no but you know yeah yeah you're right in saying all of that it's it's 100% spot on but you know it was it was the last time I allowed myself to get carried away by the fact it was a cup and we, we stood a chance and so so, so, so this question are you more disappointed in the fact that we lost are you more disappointed in the fact that you actually got caught up in the fact that we might have beaten them and you you let yourself down uh, I don't know. Be, being a Brentford fan over these years, you kind of like you you you, you have to put you have to put your heart on the sleeve sometimes. I, I, I just don't I don't think that I don't I don't think it was disappointed to believe that Brentford could have beaten them. I, I, I think you you know we have to live in hope and, and, and what have you. But I, I did think that. I should have been a little bit more cynical myself. I should have been a bit more realistic. The last time I was massively up for any cup was uh, when we went to Ascoli. That was just an incredible... The Anglo-Italian Cup was the best thing that anyone ever invented. And why why that doesn't still go on, I don't know. Any Anything that involves us going to Italy in November and December and getting on it for a whole week is to be encouraged, Bill. Shall we, shall we, shall we maybe just try and bring it back? Maybe sort of get some sort of well, kind of protest going or something? Well, not only, well, well, last week we named our new stadium New Griffin Park officially unofficially and this week we are going to reinstitute the Anglo-Italian Cup so it's coming back next season uh, prob- yes, probably yes. No, it, will. probably. It, will be. it will be yeah, yeah it's back yeah, it's going to be back yes it's, it's back the, the once, first, again. once again <laughs> tell your tell friends, friends. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Lord Lucan in the house and Lord Lucan are you when's the last time that you Lord Lucan were up for the cup it was um, a fateful Monday night um, third round uh, where Ollie Watkins was able to hone his diving skills that he used a great effect a, a few weeks later at Ellen Road um, with a, I don't know... Uh, earlier at Ellen Road, actually, wasn't it? Was it earlier? Was yeah. it, a, it, it, it was a heady month. It was a great month 
Uh, Tom Daly's favourite month of the year, apparently. Uh, yeah, best Monday night, free free against against uh, angry non-league opposition. The chairman's miss chairman's missold the tickets. How Everyone, fake were they? They they, they were they were. I don't know. It's fake. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that. They were they were they were as fake as amateur bees. Um, you're talking, yeah. What team are you talking about? Barnet, Barnet, of course. Uh, Edgar David, Tony Cotti, Ricky Otto, Barry Fry, uh, Grazioli. Your boys took one hell of a beating after a replay. Uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Magic of the cup. You know, probably actually the first time in a while, probably that we had that we were the big team versus the smaller team kind of thing going on. Um, and it was genuinely fun over the two legs. Um, I mean, the, you know, the telly was there. The chairman piped up about the tickets being sold, um, and I totally. Sorry about what? In what way? What did the chairman say? The chairman decided that a good policy would be a total opposite to our new ground policy. We just hand out random tickets to teenagers who supported Arsenal at bus stops, and then complain that he didn't get enough uh, allocation for for Griffin Park. So, but you know, I totally get where Dave's coming from. It's you know, it's, you, you, we've had much more fun in the last few years. You know, going to South End, going to Barnet in the cup. Then we have um, then we have the Premier League grounds where there's nowhere to drink. You sort of hustled in, you know. It's a bit of a nightmare. Um, but yeah, uh, is it, are you trying to lead to, to to my up for the cupness out of ten? Yes. Uh, go on, go on. I'd I'd probably say whilst I yeah exactly whilst well I'm, yeah out of ten I'm eight up for the going up and I'm two out of ten up for the pointless cup. Uh, yeah. And where did the bar- sorry, where did the Barnet rate rate on your up for the cup scale? All right, best one. Uh, well, Joe, you know QPR beating QPR with that on practically last kick of the game was up there. That was amazing. Honestly, oh, I, I, won't, I won't go into details for legal reasons, hey. but I had one of the best Mondays of my life. Didn't we spank QPR in a cup? Did we do them four one at Loftus Road in the in the yeah, League it's Cup? A, it's a League Cup. Yeah, yeah it's a cup in it. Yeah. All right. So, so, so Just, is, that, is that you're up for the cup? No. Yeah, well, I'm going to amend my previous answer <laughs> to saying I was bang up for the cup that night, and I, wasn't I right to be? 4 yeah. 1. Where does that rate on your up for the cup rating? Oh, that's right off the Richter scale, yeah. That's um, 12. 12, that's interesting. We've got the West Brook in the house, and when was the last time that you were up for the cup? For me, Bill, it was the uh, Arsenal game in the League Cup because, like the rest of us, I've seen us play Spurs, Man City, Chelsea. Never played Arsenal all my time watching Brentford. We finally got them. 8,000 Brentford fans there. Uh, a lot of people I watched games with we were all there. The actual night itself, a bit of a disappointment. The Alan Judge goal was the highlight, clearly. Um, thought we had a chance of maybe snatching a draw going to penalties, but drawing Arsenal the build-up was great. Bit of a flat atmosphere in the ground, but that was the last time I was really up for the cup, certainly before a game anyway. So, so basically, you were really up for the game, but it was in the end, when you turned up, it was rubbish. It was fairly rubbish, yeah. Fairly, fairly. fairly. So, I mean, rubbish. Give us a scale out of ten. Marks out of ten. I'll give it five, because at least I wanted to see us play at the Emirates, and we got the goal at our end. I was there with the right people. So from that point of view, it was good. So you got it. You gave it five out of ten for the sort of kind of the the, the, the thought of being there, but actually being there, uh, what did you actually give it? Being there on the night, it's a flat atmosphere. I'll still give. I'll still give it. I'll still give it five. I still give it. He's fighting. You're Bill. fighting. Bill, uh, I need to ask you this question now. Um, we're going back into the FA Cup annals of history yes. I, seem, I seem to remember you being very happy at rugby away in the it FA was my birthday 
it's your birthday. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if it's your birthday. Um, so you seem to be so happy that you wanted to swim in the uh, in the mud by the side of the pitch after we after Joe Allen scored. There, there was there was a, yeah there was an issue there. So, yeah, okay, it was rugby away. It was my birthday, and and, and I, I had consumed all sorts of activity. And, uh, and, uh, and and it was it was absolutely teeming down with rain. If you remember right, it was absolutely teeming around with rain. And uh, I think the first thing was uh, we had um, who was in goal. It was uh, it was um, Ashley Bays. No, no, he was a big keeper. What's his name? He's at Charlton. Uh, 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 anyway, I, 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 I was shouting at him, and he was not. He was very confused about that. Um, about that as well as a Brentford keeper and I was shouting at him and, and he was really like what's going on he's turning around because it's like very small ground rugby it's awful yeah it's really really bad and then I don't know what happened exactly the score but in the end we scored a goal and I was actually right that's what Jarlan scored and I was right I was on the barriers and I was very happy and all of a sudden I people pushed behind me and the, push, and the barriers collapsed and I literally went just sliding because it was so wet. I went sliding onto the pitch, and I was just there with my hands up, sliding on the pitch. And if you actually see the uh, the, the game, because the game is actually of TV, televised, wasn't it? And yeah. you could actually you could actually see the barrier collapsing. Yeah, that's that's right. And, and me sliding the pitch. I see a copyright court case against Jurgen Klinsmann occurring here now. So it was an oops upside your head moment. It was it was, it was quite bad. So I was just sort of kind of there. I didn't know what was going on. What I will say yeah. point there was. Apparently the AFL confirmed that our away attendance at Arsenal was the biggest away attendance of the whole season in the League Cup and the League. Yeah. Uh, of all fans, which was uh, which yeah. was very very impressive from the bees. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Leeds took more apparently. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. But, for, but for me, what is my what is my, my, my up for the cupness? And I I, I actually going to hark back because the fact is that I know we played Chelsea a couple of times. We've had a, a couple of other matches, but for me. I think the up for the cupness comes from when you're an underdog, and uh, and that means when you're in like the first division, the second division, whatever it may be, when you're playing those matches because you're so excited, you come through and then you play these games. And Chelsea for me is whatever the last two Chelsea games and all the other games, but the last up for the cupness was Everton for me. I just remember that because we were playing Everton, we were in Division One, we had no we had no right to beat them. I remember taking the like the day off, you know, well, I work. I mean, I work for myself, but I was got getting down the globe at midday or something like that. I invited all my Everton chums down, like you know, what I'm saying, which was like including character work with Chris Moyles, all his name, you know, and uh, and uh, Tony Byrne, hey, hey, Tony Byrne, like you know, what I'm saying, and Charlotte Church's manager as well. They all come, they all come down the globe, and they were down there at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. We had a brilliant afternoon, and we had a right laugh, and we won the game, and it was just ah, fantastic. Yeah, you know, uh, penalty saves and everything like that. And then we went back to the Globe afterwards and they just you know, sort of lock in till about two in the morning as well. And to me, I just thought it was brilliant because at that time we weren't expected to win. We won. All the Everton fans came down there said that was one of the best away games they'd ever been to. So it's like the Brentford thing again, we'd sold on that. And for me, that was just one really good up for the cup. Yeah, it was good. And... Uh we have, we've got great memories of that night and it was a different Brentford though I have to say you know you, you're right to mention the uh, being the underdog and now we, it's, it's, it's less likely that we are you know we're playing Leicester City on, on Saturday I guess, I guess we're slightly the underdog but we're not it's, it's not the, it's not the old Brentford where we on you know it's the game of the season it's a game in our season it's not the game of the season and, and it's difficult to kind of like 
put that on a bookshelf as where it's difficult for us to place that game. So I, 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 I'm hopefully going to be at Brentford on Saturday and see. Well, us. You're, hopefully, you're not coming. You've got other things to do. Well, I'm not necessarily up for it. I'm, I've got a ticket. You said hopefully you've got other players. DIY, what, B&Q? Yeah. All right, can I come? If you can come if you want to, yeah. Okay, thank you. The other one I remember was the, uh, the Man City FA Cup tie in 89 because it's the first time in my time of watching Brentford we've been real giant killers. We used to go out in the first or second round every time but that Man City were in the second division at the time. We were in the third division and beaten 3-1. Uh, Gary Blissett scored two. I think Keith Jones got the other one. That's when we got to the quarterfinals. That was a brilliant, brilliant day. I mean, that was a brilliant day but I mean, surely the Westbrook, that can't be the last time that you were up for the cup in like 19... 19- when was it 1989 it's not the last time you were up for the cup is it no not the last time you just plucked one out of the air you just yeah. the rules have just gone out the window for you haven't they yeah we don't need rules we need big cup days and that was definitely a really big cup day for Brentford I do have to say you know that the 89 cup run you know we played Howes Owen we played Walsall we Peterborough Peterborough gosh it's posh gosh it's posh that was a replay is at the ready Tokers at the ready. Then we played Man City, Blackburn, Liverpool. That is probably the bl- biggest and longest cup run we'll ever ever have in our history. Again, because I, I don't want to be back in the lower lower leagues. And if you start from round one, you've got a long, long way to go before you get to the last stages. We got to the quarterfinals. Although we bowed out against Liverpool. It was an incredible, incredible journey. Well, saying that, even though that, because obviously you've got round one, round two, so you're going straight to round three now. So there's two rounds, so now we'd have to, to get to the final to, to equal that. Absolutely, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking back. So, you know, we, round one was Hal's Owen, I think, and round two was Peterborough. Peterborough. We went to a replay. Alan Cochran got the winner, I think, in a replay. Then, I, I, then when we were massively disappointed to get Walsall in the third round, and we beat them I think after a replay and then fourth round was Man City then we got Blackburn in the next round which against all odds we won and then Liverpool in the quarterfinals it was incredible and that Steve Perriman team team with Blissett and Evans and Feely and Cockrum uh, Cadet brilliant brilliant team a team that should have gone up that year and would have gone up the year. I mean, we had a Freight Rover Cup run that year as well where we got to the latter stages and the League Cup run where we took Blackburn, who I think were top... They, I think they were champions at the time. Well, but we took them to... A, you know, we took them to two legs. We, I think we lost... Brilliant game that was. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And, you know, I, that was probably the best team, apart from the current one, I've ever seen at Brentford. That was. And, and, and the rules have gone out the window now because we've asked for the last up for the cup list. And now we're just throwing it into the pot, just going to any cup game. So, Lord Lucan, just throw any cup game into the pot. Well, I was going to say, like you said, 8-9 eight, eight, probably would have won the league if we hadn't played 45 cup games. Um, and yeah, the, oh well, we've still got cups. We've, we've, we, you know, everyone's talking about Man City. We've got we've got four trophies on the go. We've got the London Senior Cup, the Middlesex Cup. We've we've got the League Cup. It was the FA Cup, sorry. And uh, yeah, 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 and, and the Playoff Cup. And the Playoff Cup. Yeah, and the Playoff Cup. Exactly. So yeah, we could be we could be we may as well just get a Club Wembley ticket. You know? Talking about the London War Cup, 
Chelsea, we want our bloody cup back. We want our cup back, Chelsea. Give it, Give back. it back. No, 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 no other big cup matches. I mean, Ian's oh. just Ian's just plucked out the biggest yeah, one ever. Going. I mean, it's relative, isn't it? Because you think it's Sunderland, like you said, it's that that position of being the underdogs, and there's also the position of going to grounds that you're never going to go to. And uh, so, pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Um, um, okay, well, the Sunderland at home was amazing. So, Sunderland, for some people that might be listening, can't Gary remember Breen. Sunderland. What happened there? Gary Breen did a backward river dance <laughs> against DJ Campbell, who was in between shifts for, for a local delivery firm, and scored two amazing goals. Um, yeah, and, uh, uh, and I mean, this is it. It's a relativity. I think we then got Southampton again, or Southampton and Charlton and went out. We used to think ourselves lucky to get to the, to the third or fourth round. Now... That, that's our starting position and without sounding like you know an arrogant spoiled brats you know if you get Charlton or Southampton in the cup now we'd be thinking we've missed out on someone yeah so, so how, how, how the how the worm has turned in, in, in a, just over a decade um, obviously it's a bonus it's a bonus and uh, you know the, the last couple of podcasts have really won me over the idea that actually w- league progression for, for teams like hashtag teams like Brentford is, you know is a kind of decade style cycle whereas the cup comes every year so uh, listen up for the cup I'm just going to reverse it now I mean this is we were meant to sort of stop talking about 10 minutes ago but listen the intro's going just question right about up for the cup for up for the cup but on the flip side of it which cup match was really disappointed you in the end and we could go, go, go all the way back to 30 35 years which you were you know you thought yes but you've had massive disappointment for a cup match can you think of one? Oh yeah well I, I, I have to go back to the Chelsea game um, I think the last one I, I think that was the game where I, I thought we actually stood a chance of, of, of winning and we and we didn't it was, it was a couple of others probably um, Walsall at home I thought it was particularly disappointing oh, so that's the Dean Smith era yeah, wasn't it that's when they all came down with the full of hate there was, there was a lot of hate wasn't it there was a, a lack of manners I, 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 I looked how, how much I mean if you can explain to the reason a lot of people might not realise what was going on what happened to to, 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 to get that hate fueled match so the Brentford Vikings drove up the M40 and they raped and, well I'm not sure they raped but they no, pillaged. Not, they didn't know. It's no, not no, that. No, definitely I'm not. Saying not that. Vi- I'm saying Vi- you know, Vikings. They pillaged. They pillaged. They pillaged. Sam. Um, they pillaged. Um, uh, Romain Sawyers, Woodsy, and um, obviously uh, Dean Smith, the manager, and, and, um, and Rico Henry, and who's the assistant manager as well? Kelly. Kelly. So, so. Walsall, that was only three months earlier. Also, were rich pickings for the Brentford Vikings in, in, in that time. So, for some reason, we got them in the FA Cup and the, the Walsall lot, the Saddlers, came down full of absolute bile and hatred and uh, they, they burned effigies of, uh, of uh, outside the Griffin. And <laughs> what they call it, the Ginger, ginger Judas. Ginger Judas. They call it the Ginger So they had, they had flags made up, Ginger Judas, and they were burning it and everything like that. It was really bizarre. They sold out their allocation. Um, it was definitely one of the... That wasn't a podcast that I would decide to get a post-match uh, interview no. with the away fans. They weren't up for that at all. And we left them to the Ginger Judas. Judas burning, you know, as they went back up the motorway, and uh, and that was it. But that was quite bizarre. I still think they're putting fires out on the M40 at the moment. <laughs> they weren't happy at all. Lord Luke Hen, um, I mean, other than Ginger Judas, are there any other um, 
Oh, um, FA Cup matches that have really kind of just let you down? Um, been beating up two FA Cup matches, yeah, yeah, as, as an away fan. Uh, once as a home fan, actually, once as a away fan. What is that? Just so, good tell us. Just Moody Sunderland fans, Moody Chelsea fans. You know, uh, probably my own fault. I don't know. I don't know. None of us are lawyers. Um, but what I, do, I what I will say is, what games that have let us down is that last League Cup game against Cambridge was a bit of a letdown after the penalty defeat, um, and also when we uh, decided to reenact the opening scene to Saving Private Ryan against Oxford <laughs> in the cup uh, on Mark Devlin's mate's football pitch, uh, where we were three 0 down after ten minutes and had four injuries, and uh, Bieland was like out for the season after being our record signing. That was probably the most disappointing. That, so that, was Oxford. That, that was the Oxford game a few years ago, if people don't remember, when the, our pitch was absolutely hammered. It was, uh, we relayed a new pitch, and uh, Pitchgate, as it was called, and our, we had to call a game off after record, that because of that. Yeah, and our record signing, that's right. Career in- injury because of that. Um, and, uh, well, we won't, we won't talk too much about it because there, there is a lot of inquiry, post-match inquiry about that. Uh, the Westbrook, um, I know you want to come back in because you keep on changing the rules anyway, so we might as well bring you back in to, to change more rules. I'll try and break as many rules as possible. I mean, a lot going out in the third round most years in the Championship has been disappointing, but I'll go back to um, Kingstonian at home in the Ron Nodes era, where we lost, I think it was 3-1, and they were about three divisions below us. Just a terrible, terrible day. One of those games where, you know, everyone assumed we'd win. I can't remember whether we played a strong lineup or not, but it was. They took their chance. We were awful. One of the most embarrassing defeats I've ever seen us have, to be honest. Listen, Ian, as well, and, and, and this and that match, I was at that match, and, you, and I could see it in your eyes. There's some sadness in your eyes there, and I had some sadness he's, in your eyes. He's, um, he's welling up a bit, then. Yeah, he's welling up a bit. And, 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 and I'm not bringing this back, but people, some people may have joined us later on in the podcast, which they don't know about that. But this, this brings back to me back in the day when, uh, some, um, some, when, some, when there was... Some activities. There was a bit of activity. when I, That's when I went to uh, Copenhagen for the weekend. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course you did, Bill. <laughs> I went to Copenhagen for the weekend, and... and uh, yeah, I went to yeah, uh, see a friend of mine and uh, yeah, yeah. a friend of mine and 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 whatever happened in Copenhagen, it was a little bit too so, much. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I got you, an, so no, no. Uh, so Bill, so basically, you were happy with the, the second round. You're not happy with the third round. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I think that's a little bit too cryptic. But, uh, but uh, I, 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 like I said to you, I had a friend, and, and I just two's okay, three's not. No, but I just it was too much. And like I said to you, there's a little bit too much activity for me in Copenhagen. So I actually bought a flight back to London, um, and to get back for the FA Cup match, which I thought I was going to miss, which was the uh, the, uh, the, the 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 Kingstonian game. But um, yeah, I was very scared at the time. And like I said to you. Um, there was even Beast fans out there in Copenhagen at the time who I'd met at the airport and they said hello Bill what are you doing I said oh, I have to leave Copenhagen because there's far too much activity uh, for me here I'm going to have to fly back to, uh, to London to go and see us in the FA Cup and they were out on a stag do it was as well the old Jackson the Jackson and he's confirmed he saw me there and he saw that as well so uh, People remember, I said that lots of people come up to me recently, you know, in the last couple of years and said to me, what was that activity you're talking about, trying to get me to reveal? Unfortunately, I'm not able to reveal the activity that took place, but all I can say that it was rather 
intense. The Westbrook, you had your hand up again, did you? No, 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 no. no. I thought it was some sort of school teacher thing. But listen, up for the cup, <laughs> up for the cup activity um, for me. Um, uh, the, 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 the big time for me, it's uh, because it's Oldham, the one that disappointed me. Oldham. And, I'm, and I've, I've told this story before where we played Oldham in the Cup and that's the time when, again, we were a lower league and I was so excited, so excited. It was a lower league replay game and we would have played Chelsea if we'd beaten Oldham. And it was my Christmas party at my, the company I was working at and it was a great Christmas party. Craig David was been seen DJing and singing. Also, there's all sorts going on. Women, men, oh, ab- and I left this Christmas party. Women and men. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was just, it was great. And I was there in my camouflage gear because it was a fancy dress. So I turned up with the, the, the Bradford and face all camouflaged up and army gear and everything like that, standing at the back and even going mental. And we lost on penalties to Oldham. And we would have got Chelsea. And I must admit, I almost cried because I so wanted... That. Those, those are the days when you wanted to meet Chelsea. And I went back to the Christmas party with my tail between my legs, not up for Craig David singing some sort of rewind thing or something like that. Some, yeah, that's right. But, on a Monday. That's right. Yeah. We went out the cup yeah, on a Tuesday. Tuesday and, yeah. and I, just, I, t- I said to him, and he just had no interest at all. He just Should did, have been playing yeah. Chelsea on a Thursday. Could have got Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> That's right, but, you know, he did his fake Southampton-Chelsea well, well, thing. When we lost to Southampton after the replay, under Martin Allen, Southampton had Man United <laughs> in the next round. What could have been? What could have been? Re- replay. Indeed. So anyway, listen, you could also throw in all the Freight Rover Johnson's paint, Leyland Daffarners that we lost as well. Yeah, well, oh, listen, we can f- listen, there's so many things that we can throw in. So, so we have the world record longest intro to any podcast. <laughs> So thank you for coming along tonight. <laughs> so listen, we were going to just, just talk a little bit, but listen, that this this FA Cup thing has got. Listen, we've, we're trying to say we're not up for the cup. We're obviously absolutely potty for the cup, oh, aren't we? I, I couldn't give a monkey's uh, now, mate. We're absolutely potty for the cup. But look, we I need to we need to stop talking about the cup a little bit. We need to look back to what happened on Saturday. We went to Huddersfield in the league, and let's see what, how that's going to impact. The rest of our season. Can I go home now? Uh, yeah, okay. So, listen, Huddersfield Town, Saturday. We went up there and uh, we were all potty for it because we'd been on a brilliant run. Didn't quite go according to plan, but it was okay. We got a point out of the Huddersfield game. Some people were disappointed, but the results went our way to a certain extent. But, um,. Well, how did that game go? I mean, let's go and listen to what the fans had to say after the game. I know you would have heard this on the radio show on Monday, Pride of West Dot London, listen to Laney and the Water Man talking about it. But we think it's good for us to recap on the Huddersfield game. So listen to what the fans had to say about the Huddersfield game after the match. So not, not good enough for you, eh? Listen, mate, it's all good. <laughs> It's definitely a point game, Chris, there's no doubt about that. But should we have had the full three? A tough one. Huddersfield came out in the first half with a plan, definitely. Not as good as well as Kitty Pants when they came to visit us at Griffin Park. But nevertheless, a, a sort of tetchy first half, probably even Stevens on that. But they definitely came out of the traps better in the second half. Definitely had the first 20 minutes of that. But then we imposed our control again. And we almost, as you know, had it where we hit the post towards the end. Well, it wasn't quite like the game of Griffin Park. Uh, Huddersfield had to be a bit more expensive. We lived a bit dangerously at times, switched off uh, one or two moments. Um, we struggled to get a football going, 
we, uh, we got it going occasionally, but we, we didn't really create clear-cut chances. Frustrating. Sometimes central option trying to uh, find the perfect opportunity to score, when sometimes we should uh, just put our boot through it. I'm pretty frustrated, to be honest. We could have lost the game, potentially. Draws. I suppose fair result, but I'll, I'll leave here with a sense of frustration. I thought Huddersfield were very well organised today. I thought they were more up for the game than we were, which is surprising because we are fourth in the league and I thought we should have pushed more. We, we dominated the last 30 minutes, but we should have really had more shots on target. We don't shoot enough, um, but the players worked very hard today and it's a difficult place to come. and. We'll take a point today. Uh, having seen every game this season and seen every game we've lost, what you've got to remember is, if you can't win, make sure you don't lose. Finish. Yeah. And that's what we did today. That's what we did today. Yeah. Uh, I'd say two points lost. A bit frustrating in the second half. Um, particularly that last... The, last the shot three, that hit the post. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, the last free kick, or free kick they messed up. I, I, I thought I got the impression I'd have were happy with the draw there. Yeah, I'm oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, should we be happy with the draw? I, I'm not sure. I, uh, good point to get to um, on Leeds, but uh, yeah, you always still, have to take into account yeah, the Leeds are falling yeah. apart again. Yes, oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. The fans after the game at Huddersfield, and some of them were a little bit disappointed because I suppose when you're on a run. And Huddersfield aren't doing particularly well. They expected to go up there and get a result. And because we didn't get a result, they thought it was a negative. But, you know, as it goes, the results actually went, you know, with us on Saturday. And I think, you know, is it a case that we have to look at the long-term plan? Does the club, do they look at the long-term plan? Do they also look at, the, you know, the players that we've got, the results that we should get? You know, how, how does it work out? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, there's the disappointment, the highs and the lows of actually kind of, you know, going through this league. You know, first of all, we expected nothing, but now we're in the, in the, we're in the playoff zone. We were delighted and we were quite near to the kind of automatic zone. And we, we don't quite pick up the points and then you start getting disappointed. And where exactly should we be thinking where we should be? at the moment as, as, as Brentford fans and how did that Huddersfield result as general sort of kind of pan out? Well it's, it's a classic case of heart versus head isn't it you know we, we, we beat QPR one weekend and then you look to Huddersfield and you think okay you know if, if we can do if we can do QPR 3-1 we can do Huddersfield and you see the other results starting to come in especially the, the Leeds QPR game that was early, earlier in the day. And you think, right, you know, de- destiny says that Brentford are going to win. And a point at the time seemed a little bit of a, an anti-climax, I have to say. And then you, you look at West Brom then losing on, on Monday night. And, and Leeds on Saturday? Yeah, no, I, I mentioned Leeds, you know, in the build-up to our game. And, you know, that, it seems a missed, missed, missed opportunity. But really, you know, you know we, we keep saying it. It's a, it's a little bit dull to say, but it's, it, there, there is no prize for being second or first at this exact time in the season. It's about what happens in the, you know, the first week of May. So all we can be doing is chipping away. And we, and we did that. It was a point point away from Leeds and a point away from West Brom. Well, I think what's more important, I mean, I know that you've used the coin, the phrase, um, you know, it's a a nine-month season, all this kind of stuff. I think what's probably more important, I think, to say is that 
the reality is, no matter how well you're doing, you're not going to win every single match. And also, your rivals aren't going to win every single match. Because if your rivals win every single match, they absolutely deserve to get promoted. And the fact is, it's not going to happen. So what you have to do is that you've got to look at your season and work out where you're going to smash it, where you're going to just grind it out and this kind of thing. Look, love us or loathe us, what we do, I think, on the Besotted Podcast, week in, week out, is offer a kind of rational viewpoint on this and you're right you know we're not going to win every game um if we won every game we'd be top of the league by a country mile already and we're not uh all we and, can... and if we won every game from now to the end of the season we'll win this league end of story yeah of course we will but we won't do that you know you know we have to be a realist you know and if you're a realist sometimes you can take you can take pleasure or take solace in the fact that we're we're imperfect we are an imperfect team but we are perfect in so many other ways and i think i think we're looking at playoffs 100% and we could be we could be in the top 2 we can still be in the top 2 we just got to keep in touch and you know it, it moves on to saturday week or no it moves on to tuesday week Fingers crossed if we don't get any injuries. And I keep saying this because injuries are something that you cannot account for. And if you've got injuries, it can completely and utterly kibosh your side, especially if it's out of the transfer window as well. We've got the, uh, the Westbrook in the house. I think definitely it was a good point. I think I'd have taken a point before the game. But one, there was one thing that does concern me is quite a few away games, we're not scoring in. I think we haven't scored in about half our away games. And if Grant had taken that chance, he probably should have scored on Saturday. We may have lost another 1-0 away game. I'm just wondering if we should maybe play slightly differently away to how we play at home. We, we line up the same at home and away. We're very attacking, which is good. I wouldn't want us to be negative. But do we need to maybe change our tactics some of these away games? Just try and get those wins. I mean, I think we've won, I think, six away games this season. And most of them, we've scored three goals. At Middlesbrough, it was 1-0. The others, we've scored three at Barnsley, Wigan, place like that. Bristol City, fantastic, 4-0. But I just wonder if some of these more tricky work, we lost one at Blackburn, we lost by a goal at Sheffield Wednesday. I wonder if we need to do something slightly different away to sneak those wins. Sorry, I'm going to ask a question in the end, and it's a very good point there. So we've won, as you say, six games away from home. We've just gone over the, the halfway mark in the season. So if we take it to the whole season, we carry on the form that we're going to do, we're going to, we might win 11 or 12 games away from home, which to me, that seems like quite a, quite a good figure to win away from home. So uh, to, to me, it doesn't seem like we're doing that much wrong. Because the fact is that, is, again, it's that scenario, is that do you expect us to win every single away game I mean I think the scenario is that I mean the most disappointing thing is that games like um, like Charlton away when we when we lost that game 1-0 but I mean, admittedly it was at the beginning of the season we smashed them off the park they got a luck, you know a goal you know, they have one shot of the game and they scored that goal but that was the beginning of the season but as we know and we spoke to Thomas Frank um, in the pub in Barnes in, in November uh, Pride of West Dot London if you haven't checked that out brilliant 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 interview with Thomas Frank and he said to me look what I want to do is I want to try and stop getting us losing 
these games as we're doing 1-0 and try to at least start getting us drawing these games and the fact is I think Huddersfield this is me personally and that's why I was quite happy with that result is a prime example of a game that we normally probably would have lost the Carlin Grant goal probably would have gone in the back of the net and we'd have lost it but instead we actually drew okay it was nil all and it was boring but to actually get those results we're going to look at those and think this is actually a fantastic result and technically we should have drawn at Charlton we should have beaten Charlton but we should have at least drawn at Charlton there's a few places that we should have at least drawn at which we haven't done and if we're starting to draw away from done, home you know and, and, and one then, then that's all good you can't keep banging on about you can't keep banging on about Charlton and Birmingham still mate no it's not but no but it, this is very important when it comes to Ian's point because Ian is saying we are losing 1-0 away from home and I'm just saying listen you know we, we're addressing that now by Thomas Franks probably being a little bit safe away from home but we were getting draws instead of wins, and I'm happy with that as long as we continue to win at home. Lou? Yeah, yeah, yeah listen, I'm quite happy. And I think I said Huddersfield was a good result, but it's the games where we're not scoring. Say like Millwall. Millwall stopped us playing, they stopped the wingers, they pressed us high. It's the games where we're not actually finding the net. And I think, the, you know, I don't want to be negative, it's been a brilliant season, but I think if we go 1 0 down in these away games, we're not coming back. We're not, I don't think there's any away game where we've gone behind, where we actually come back and got a draw. You know, we got the draw on Saturday and that was a great result. I'm just concerned that I think five or six away games, we haven't found the net at all. And that might be a slight worry towards the end of the season. Actually, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing all the, all the conversations we just had. Perhaps it's probably a good exercise for us to go through our fixtures for the rest of the season and work out the teams that actually want to play because they actually want to play and the teams that don't because they're boxing clever and they're, they're looking to avoid relegation and then work out the, the teams that we're probably likely to beat because we can outplay anyone that wants to play us and then we might draw against teams that don't. And I, I think, you know, the XG and the predicted Justice League and, and that, I, I, I've got a, a lot of faith in. I, I have to say, you know, you, we, we talked about XG six months ago and said we are probably the third best team in this division, and that's the way it's transpired. And, and that's you know, and, and, and Billy just said the the Thomas Frank interview was brilliant. That's not saying we're brilliant or, or you know we are great because we predicted this. It's it's about putting together uh, information that's out there in the ether and saying you should be aware of this because it's more than just winning and losing. There's a bigger there's a bigger picture out there it's more information than sometimes is 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 obvious to you either either absorb it and reject it or kind of uh, or embrace it and kind of celebrate it but at the moment the xg is proving to be correct and the there is also i think is another way of um assessing the fixtures that are coming up teams that want to play us and teams that don't or, or just buy a ticket, sing your heart out, it's game of chance, enjoy have, 90 minutes every hey, fortnight hey, to distract us from our horrific yeah, mate, capitalist nightmare absolutely, that we're is. stuck in. Uh, yeah, I will say... Yeah, yeah. We, we can, but again, we're sitting down there and we're trying to talk about we're trying to talk about football matches and we're trying to analyse it trying to work out what's good and what's bad and what we're doing wrong and what we might not be doing wrong is, you, know, you, you touched on the, the injury question and it might seem compared to other years that we're lucky but we have got we've got force long term injury canos long term injury yeah there is that fear and there is and I think I think there's some sort of stat here you know, if, if, if the BMW doesn't score 
haven't scored, we haven't won a game. If one of the three haven't scored this season, so it seems like teams know that if they stop the front three, then 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 they've stopped us completely. But you know, I hundred percent agree. There is a there's a school of thinking that says win or lose, we're on the booze. Who cares? You know, yeah, it's Brentford. But it's, a, it's a day out. It's brilliant. You know, we, we might win, we might lose, we might draw, whatever. We're having a, we're having a good having a good time. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, I'm up for that. I've, I, most of my 40 years of support has been based around that mindset, but we are so close to greatness at the moment that we probably have to take it a little bit more seriously. And, and if you don't want to, don't. That's fine. This, this, this isn't this isn't blooming Big Brother mind mind games, you know. But we are in the top six of the championship. And we are within six points of being automatic promotion. I think you're right about, Dave, about the point about teams who play football against us, we play better against. Like the Bristol City game is a great example. And sending off didn't turn the game. But the fact is that we scored four goals against a half-decent team. Whereas Millwall, we couldn't score against them. I just think, you know, I'm not, of course I don't expect us to win every game. But I just think there's been a lot of games we haven't scored at all away from home. And that might be a worry. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not being negative at all because I've said it's superb. But be as, be as negative as you want. You know, there's, there's some people that think that being uh, a negative, putting a negative spin on Brentford situation is being unbrentford. It, it, it isn't, you know. But I, I do think it's slightly wrong for us to be um, judging the future by the past because the people in charge of our club and the ones that are making decisions aren't, aren't the ones that were making decisions 25 years ago. So we, we, got that we, we can't be, we, we can't hold them to the same level of scrutiny as the webs and the nodes and the people and, 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 the, and the, and you know, and the, all, all of them. We, 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 we have to look at Brentford Football Club as, as is Brentford Football Club now and it's, it's a different beast yeah, well, well in, in that vein, then, I think we've probably got... We're, we're all, I don't know if people would say that we are almost shoe-ins for the playoffs now, so we're, we're almost in a win-win situation. Uh, you were talking, bar injuries. Yeah, barring injuries. I mean, yeah, but then everyone gets injuries. It's, it's a long, tough season. Prem, the, the, Premier, the, yeah, the Premier League's going on a winter break this year. Um, the, I, yeah, we've, we've got the reality, though, of having Hillel and Marcondes who are like new signings, you know, coming back in. We've got Joel Valencia fighting for a place as well. So, so our, our quality of players breaking through are as good as other teams' new signings. You've now, I mean, what have we got? We've got 10 days left of transfer window. And um, you know, I'm, my worry would be that someone did, who was maybe desperate came in with a can't-refuse-offer of either wages or a fee to a player and then then sort of knock them off their kilter for the last few months I, I, I think it's the first January transfer window I've not been worried about us losing a player I think every year in the championship I thought oh we're going to lose this one that one I think the fact we were went into the window third or fourth in the league just for once I'm not worried I, I don't think anybody's going to go at all um, whatever uh, they offer Mate, Salford City are all over Tom Field. Okay, <laughs> but, and, the, and, and the thing about it is, and, the, and this is where probably Brentford have been. Um, they've been on point the whole time. They've always said, if we're in the game, 
then we will invest and we won't, you know, we won't sell players. And the fact is that every season when we've been 6th or 8th or 10th or 12th, you know, there's always been a fear, but you can see when you're actually in that, when you're in it and you're actually doing really well, you can see the vibe is completely different. And I, and I have to say, we've, we've not mentioned Saeed Ben-Rama. Saeed lost his dad this week, which is, you know, something that none of us ever want to live through. We all, we all do have to live through that at some stage, unfortunately. For a young kid like Saeed Ben-Rama, it's, it's going to hurt. And he went on to Instagram this, this week and said, I lost part of me. I never felt that inexplicable pain. Dad, you were my confidant, my first supporter, my friend, an exemplary father. You made me a man and I would look to look like you, Dad. And that, as a father myself, made me cry. And, I, and I, I'm not going to admit that I didn't. You know, as a, as a dad, you're, you're always going to hope that your son or your daughter is going to be intelligent and talented and uh, successful in whatever they put their mind to. And Saeed Ben-Rama is an amazing talent and we're lucky to have him at Brentford Football Club. And for him to lose his dad, who says he was his first fan and his confidant and his inspiration in life, you can't, you can't imagine how much pain is going on inside Ben Rama's head right now and his heart. And I just hope, and I, and I'm, I am confident that Brentford Football Club have put all the processes in place where they will be there to support him. And as fans, we have to be there for him too. It's all right slagging him off and not clapping for going off in a, in a game. It, you, you need to work out where Saeed Ben-Rama is. And he is, he is mostly on the up. And Saeed Ben-Rama, you take as much time as you want to get ready and get fit to be back and playing in Brentford's shirt again. And we'll be there waiting for you. We're part of a brilliant partnership and I hope you're here for years to come. And again, I think everyone around the table echoes Laney's views there. He said, and we can't repeat any more than what he said there now. And I think that, you know, Saeed has obviously had this pain in his head. Probably, probably I'm not sure if it's through the Huddersfield game on, on Saturday. We, 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 don't, we don't know. We don't know what was, you know, we don't know what he was, he knew when. But you have to realise that, you know, that sometimes these things don't happen overnight. Sometimes these things happen over several days or weeks. And it, it could have been a, it could have been an important, it could have been an important thing that was in his head before he walked out onto the pitch. But he walked out on the pitch, and you, you just don't know what. You, you can't put yourself in those situations. So you know, I, I can only be grateful for what he does. Indeed, indeed. So listen, let's let's move on from this as well now, because like I said to you, interesting chat about the team. Uh, but the question I'm going to ask, actually, is because, you know, we talked about transfers briefly, only very briefly, as in Ian says, I don't think, you know, we're going to lose anyone this window. Which is uh, very, 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 very confident of Ian. However, we're saying that we've come to the middle of this window now, and, and I think, you know, 
Phil Giles, I know that he's very confident, the fact that you know he knows that we're doing very well. And they've always said at the club, if we're doing very well in the window, it makes us much more powerful in keeping players and also signing players if we need to. So I think that they're very confident that we can probably get the, the, the maximum, the ultimate, utmost team that we wanted to. And we probably won't lose any players and maybe we'll bring somebody in if the right player comes in. However... I'm just going to ask this question now around the table here, guys, because we're in the middle of the window now, and a few things have happened. We've got, you know, we've got um, Marcus Force, who is injured. I mean, I know he's going to stay at AFC Wimbledon, but, you know, he's, he's gone, he's injured, so he's not there. We've got Pontus Janssen, who we found out is also obviously carrying some sort of injury, which he's struggling, you know, so he couldn't play that game, and he might, he might play against Forrest, but he might may not. But, you know, he's obviously got to be kind of guided through the rent of season guided by Leeds fixtures yeah that's right then we, uh, <laughs> apparently according to other people we don't believe that at all um, we also have um, Jensen as well who was injured I mean, maybe it just got a little bit of a knock a little hamstring injury but we're just thinking hold on a second does this mean that we're a little bit light and maybe Phil Giles might have to say hold on it's halfway through the window now I might have to pick up the phone and uh, speak to a few people Ian Personally, I wouldn't mind one more attacking midfielder or striker for the bench. I think you know, we've got BMW. If one of them gets injured, we've got Marcondes and Halil. I wouldn't mind just another body just to give us another option. I think Mark, from what they said about force, he, I doubt he'll be back maybe for the rest of the season. So I think we're well, well covered in defence and midfield. But if it was me, I'd try and sign another, yeah, another uh, attacking option for the bench. Hello. Yeah, and maybe maybe there's an argument to get someone in who's maybe had the promotion experience. You know, that's just why uh, Neil Warnock stays in employment, doesn't he? So yeah, yeah, but getting a footballing equivalent, yeah, a bit like when we got Tommy Smith actually as a striker. You don't want you don't want Tommy Smith, then, do you? No, no, but you know, maybe. But like Ian was saying, like a, a Farid Alaguerri, like someone who actually makes a team think twice about how they line up and how they maybe make their own subs. At the minute, you know, we've done amazingly well for half a season where we've, we've basically lined up with three, three defenders and three midfielders and a keeper, uh, or, you know, who could all qualify for under-15s, probably play for Isleworth Colts or something. You know, it's, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind getting maybe a wise, a wise old head in if they're available. There's still the rumours Lyle Taylor's, Lyle Taylor's kicked off at Charlton. You know, so uh, I, I think probably... You know, we wouldn't want to get him in now, now that Hillel's there. But have, maybe having someone just to calm people down in the moment who, who might have done it. Uh, you do not get a lift off uh, Shipperley. If I really hope that when, when the last game happens, we don't do a West Ham and get the cabs round and uh, have Neil Shipperley drive his white van round in a figure of eight. Okay, that's not a banana. That's not a gear stick. Um, uh, the old, the old rock and a hard place. I have to say, when it comes to this this stage of the transfer window, yeah, we 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 we'd love, we'd absolutely love a crystal ball that knew whatever injuries that were going to happen in advance to know where players are going to become off form. Uh, we we got no way of knowing, and it, it, it's difficult because as fans, we want absolute surety and clarity of the fact that we are covered in every single area but we've seen we've seen like Derby County they're selling their ground and we've, we've seen we've seen Birmingham City that's selling their training pitch we've seen people 
shenanigans all over the Sheffield Wednesday selling anything that's not nailed down in Sheffield. You know, there's fake cab companies and all sorts there, isn't it? They're even selling the blooming cobblestones outside the grounds, you know, on eBay. You know, it's ridiculous. You know, we've got two grounds. We haven't sold one of them. You know, it's uh, it's it's incredible the, the the what we're up against. We've got parachute payments. We've got shenanigans, shenanigans and dodgy dealings, and we 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 got a, we've got to then circumnavigate through all of that and try and put up a promotion challenge, which we're doing. So um, again, again, prime example, Fulham. How much did they spend this last window? It's about one hundred odd thousand pounds, isn't that team? Hundred million plus. Hundred million. Well, plus. you know, hundred million. Then you have got Aston Villa that have paid hundred and fifty millions of stuff. You know, but it, it's it's the way Brentford are doing it. Brentford, Brent, we, we're doing it well. And you know, some people are going to listen to this again. Listen to them sipping the snake oil. But it, it isn't the case. It's like you know, we ought to be really proud of what our club are doing. And I honestly, I, I, I think we could finish in the top two by doing things the right way. And, and, and just going to listen, I'm going to go back to Lou in a minute. If you listen to as well, if you listen to the Price of Football podcast as well, um, it's, a, it's a really good I mean, if you like to listen to slightly more different things in football, it's only be going sort of, you know, a couple of months, two or three months as well. But it's, it's really, really good uh, podcast where it talks about different football issues they've got agents coming on they've got people coming on and recently they've, they've started talking about the the derby issue and, and people selling stadiums they've got all this stuff that is top and they're just talking about football from a finance point of view and from you know it just gives you a really different perspective on it and I, I, I 100% recommend that you should definitely uh, check that podcast out um, because it's, it's very very good price of football podcast but as Laney was saying it's the, it's the way that certain clubs decide to kind of do things properly, as we you know we have to we have to do. We try to do that, and as other clubs try to circumvent the rules, which they seem to be allowed to do. Uh, but it's interesting because we're saying that the football league with um, Rick Parry now, no, but no, Rick Parry's come in. Um, it's Rick Parry who's come in. Who used to be Liverpool chairman. He used to be um, Premier League chairman as well, you know, and he's now um, the head of the EFL. And obviously, um, um, Harvey's now gone out. Harvey was a little bit more, allegedly, a little bit more um, relaxed. And he'd uh, seem to allow people to do things. So the, the stadium is selling and all that kind of stuff. He seemed to be quite happy with that. Whereas Parry's now come in and he seems to be a little bit more kind of like regimental about it. So all of a sudden he's like hammering down on these clubs. So that's why Sheffield Wednesday and that's why maybe if Aston Villa got relegated and all that lot, they could be in a little bit of a pickle, which oh, is, pickle. you know, that's right. I love it when you say Yeah, pickle. a little bit of a pickle, which would be good for clubs like Brentford because we're trying to remain within the rules. So if you've got somebody like that and the upper echelons actually trying to bring the teams in, which is all good. But like I said to you, price of football uh, podcast, it's a, uh, Kevin, it's Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's doing that podcast anyway, which is all good. But Lou, yeah, I mean, we're almost. We've got the opposite problem. We've got really tight squads, uh, really tight, and probably maybe a first sixteen that know know that they're there and they're accountable. And it's like, how would you dare disrupt the balance? Um, I also think as well, there's a bit of yeah, we're getting called the hipsters team now with the new FC Wimbledon, with the new Man City, the new Barcelona. 
and we, there's, it, which I love. I love. I love. There's something. There's something about the like Rob Rowan's, um, the Rob Rowan like graduation board. Yeah, the grounds. So people are sort of coming in late to that now, and they're saying, "Oh, Brentford, they've got 16 players they brought through." You know, sort of, you know, you know from everywhere, from Reese Cole to uh, you know uh, Rakic to Archibald. So the you know the varying degrees of success. Um, we've not even had Ellery Balcom yet. Um, but you know, so this idea that we've we've almost got the next generation ready. So I suppose it's it's like we're sort of finely tuned now to have this last run for the first last couple of months. And do we disrupt it by bringing a big personality into the changing room? We have, yeah, we've heard before. I mean, Kevin O'Connor said about even Alfie Mawson, like even on his debut, he was disruptive. You know, as soon as someone came in, someone you know, it just takes one person come in and it ruins the vibe or it distracts another player or it ruins the chemistry and if we're trying to maintain this kind of BMW attitude that we are the best stepping stone in the championship and we we play beautiful football um, I'd be really worried that you know that yeah we, we could try and you know, you know that thing that Leeds and Derby have done successively without managing it to get themselves over the line by throwing money at a problem and just going back, the price of football podcast is Kieran Maguire, by the way. Just check it out. He's been on actually on the uh, beside part of West London podcast as well. He's a really good guy, really knowledgeable guy as well. So, um, Ian, I think what Lou said is right. We, if we do bring anybody in, it mustn't be somebody disruptive or a big name. And, this, and I'm not saying this person disruptive. I think Lyle Taylor, if he came in, he'd expect to play. And I don't think anybody who comes in now would get into the team. There'd be cover on the bench. So I'm not sure if he would be the right signing now. I think if we get anyone in, there's an attacking option. It'd be somebody quite young with potential who we, would just be just an extra cover. And that's an interesting point because you're exactly right there. And I think we're at the scenario now where if we were 15th, we'd make certain choices. But because we're top six, you make certain choices. So if you're going to bring top a four, player in... Top four. Yeah, but I'm still going to call it top six because we, uh, we're fifth at the moment now. So, But the fact is that if you know, you're bringing a player in, he's got to add to your squad there's no point you know bringing a player in who's not going to be any better than for example one of our B team players at the end of that some of our B team players are notching on top six at the moment now so I think that's kind of the issue and I think that's where the club is at so you know if you, you, you sort of kind of do your queries and you ask around they say are oh, Brentford bringing anybody in they'll say listen they'll bring somebody in if he is a top notch player so we'll bring in a striker if that striker is good enough and he's going to be better than anybody else that we've got, and he's going to sit on the bench. And the question you've got to ask, as you say, you know, with Lyle Taylor, is with all his tweeting activity and all that stuff that goes on there, and his attitude, and he's 29, 30 years old, will he be happy to be part of our squad, sit on the bench, come off after 70 minutes and bang a goal in, you know, and actually kind of add to that? And if you've got a player that will want to do that, fantastic. But obviously, there's going to be question marks as to whether or not he may or may not want it. We don't know. Maybe he might do. And he might surprise everybody, you know, whether or not it's him or somebody else. I mean, for him, Lyle Taylor would actually be good because the fact is that he doesn't get that many chances. I mean, Charlton today, I mean, a lot of people don't like XG, but their XG was ridiculous. 0.2 or something. They create no chances whatsoever. But the fact is, the few chances that he gets, he scores goals. And that's what's good about a player like him. And you need a player like him on the bench. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Taylor, not his off-the-field activities at all. I just think if Taylor goes to a club, he ought to be first-choice striker. And at Brentford, that's not going to happen at the moment. So, listen, Lou, Lou you, you were going to 
Yeah, I was just going to chip in with, yeah, I think the player that's sort of done that in a weird way and solved our own problem for ourselves, and you alluded to it on the radio show, Dave, is a, a, a Mark Ondes. You know, a, a, almost like a sort of pretty much finished project product who's willing to come back and sit on the bench and be an impact. So, a fair play to him. You know, I, I'd kind of written him off six months ago, and he's very sort of pertinent at the point. If we were 10th, we'd be looking at rebuilding for September. We're now in a situation where we're actually almost living week to week or fortnight to fortnight because we could be rebuilding now for either a late charge at automatics or the best team to get us over the line in the playoffs see you know I, I go back to the radio show on Monday night you know there, there's a lot of people that just want to make uh, conclusions about players and their performances before they've even given them a chance me but you know yeah, no, we're, 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 all, we're all impatient don't get me wrong you know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you know you don't want every Brentford player that pulls on your shirt to, to be up and running and being at the best but straight away. Apparently Sam Saunders came on today. The BT CB. But then, you know, you've got you know, like Joel Valencia. You know, we, we haven't seen enough of him to make, a, make, make any kind of you know, conclusion about him. You know, Marcondes, people were quite happy to write him off and just say you're not fit to wear the shirt and, you know, he hadn't scored and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there were issues and he went back to Denmark and he regrouped, he's come back and he's, he's actually, he really is contributing. And, you know, we, we have to, as fans, let's just not put ourselves, we, we, it's not important that we're right all the time. Just give people the space to be able to express themselves and then judge them after a year, not after two games. I think that's that's the key. Is we're actually we're we're kind of living above expectation. We're proving people wrong, and at the minute, fortunately, West Brom and Leeds are sort of they're living below expectation, and we're living above expectation. We've talked about this a lot, but we're going to go back and talk about the cup. We're playing Leicester on Saturday. However, we don't know that much about Leicester because the last time we played them was 1993. And that was when I did the Leicester pick out, but we'll talk about Getsy, that later. Getsy Krasinski. Indeed. So, but listen, we're going to go to Leicester. We're going to speak to Rishi from the Proud Foxes. He's going to give us the rundown of what's happening with Leicester. Hi, good evening. My name's Rishi Madlani. I'm from Foxes Pride, and uh, which is the Leicester City LGBT Supporters Association. Um, I am calling in thank you to Billy for inviting me on to the podcast and um, Billy's a bit of a hero of ours having done some great work to kick it out I'm in a pub in Dortmund having watched the game tonight uh, given I'm doing some uh, work with Football Supporters Europe tomorrow uh, it's missing my first home game but it's not been alright it's been alright I think the team done okay with uh, without me there so uh, maybe should miss a few more games and watch uh, watch games from Germany more often so um, I think I mean any Leicester fan would be crazy to not tell you that being third in the league in a cup semi-final against the Villa Scum and uh, sorry I shouldn't say that uh, and uh, still in the cup against the Mighty Bees on Saturday uh, would be a bad would be an amazing season and we'd take it in a flash been a bit of a disappointment because obviously um, when 
went into Boxing Day, second in the league, big game build up against Liverpool, super disappointing, not worse to go to your in-laws in a Leicester shirt, having been trounced by, uh, by Liverpool, but anyway, anyway, um, we're looking forward to the game, as I say. So, I wanted to, I met Billy ages ago, um, he was doing a film for Kick It Out, and Kate and I from Vox Pride um, helped film that. And that was pre us winning the championship. And I just think, like, for any club, I hope we are a model to prove that the impossible is possible. Um, and I want every fan to be able to believe that. I think everywhere, but a small part of North London, wanted Leicester to win that league that season. And I think that's that dream. I mean, funnily enough, when I was a kid, I did go and watch Brentford a little bit um, when I was at school. And... Um, before I was the less city season six older I you know go and watch with my mates and my mates sometimes and you know every football club dreams and I've been to watch you unfortunately on some unsuccessful visits to Wembley but you know it, every club can dream and, and it's been ridiculous the, the, the recent period when, when, we, when we thought about our recent slump it's been a bit crazy um, we sort of felt oh you know, we've lost to Man City, Liverpool. There's no shame in that. It's been more disappointing to lose to draw in Norwich and um, lose Southampton. But Southampton were brilliant last Saturday. And, and you know, um, Palace came, came unstuck too. So, I think ahead of the game on, uh, on Saturday, which we're all looking forward to, and I must say, like, it's been a big, big fight to get tickets it was a small allocation to Leicester fans uh, we're looking forward to meeting the LGBTs um, BTs I think they're called um, the LGBT fan group for Brentford and also hoping to see Billy and, and his gang in the globe uh, ahead of the game um, a bit worrying watching Vardy limp off today but I do think seeing him back on the bench by the end of the game um, he'll be fine I think I think Rodgers will field fairly a, a fairly strong team um, I think given what's happened to our club and the owners there's a big feeling that we owe the family the Thai family that own us a cup or something some victory to, to, to bring some to bring some joy after a devastating tragedy and I think winning the FA Cup or League Cup would be a small, small step towards that. So um, I do not think we'll, we'll field a weak side on, on, on Saturday. I think some players will be nat- rested. I think Nacho will probably start. Um, I suspect um, Hamza might be brought back in. Um, but quite frankly, I think we will be in it to win it. Um, we're also looking forward to our visit to Griffin Park. Um, obviously, been a bit as a kid, um, but I'm looking forward to uh, seeing off the stadium um, and look forward to you know wish the bees the best in their future home. I think the FA Cup is a wonderful thing. I think we're going to have an interesting time because you're not going to make it easy for us. We're going to have a battle, and I hope I, I hope that. Um, it's right it's what the cup's all about um, I think we'll have a bit of a chess match um, away from home in the FA Cup it's always tricky at a lower league club but um, I think I think the given that we've won tonight I mean I'm still 
sort of bounce off the wall slightly about that because it's a return to the Leicester I know. Um, I think I think I'm looking forward to uh, to a, a two-one, maybe three-one win on Saturday, and raising a, a happy glass with Brentford fans and uh, toasting to farewell to uh, to Griffin Park. Um, thanks very much for having me on the pit on, on the podcast today. Um, really appreciate um, giving a chance to raise some awareness of fan LGBT fan groups like ourselves, Fox Pride, and LGBT. Um, and making sure that we make football a game we can all enjoy and um, you know that's what unites us there's more that unites us we love nothing more than 90 minutes of football preferably when our team win but that's me over and out and see you all on Saturday so there you go Rishi from the proud Foxes giving us the vibes and uh, is there a few injuries problems going down in Leicester is that going to affect us? Oh, are we getting excited? It's a big game. Listen, it's a big... Listen, regardless of who we might play, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, it's a big game for Brentford. We're live on the BBC for the first time in Christ knows how long. We're... Uh, it's the FA Cup fourth round. And uh, listen, we're going to go out there and we're going to enjoy ourselves regardless. So, uh, but listen, we're going around the table here and there's been numerous conversations about this Leicester game. I mean... Listen, we're in the predicament. We're actually doing quite well in the league. So, you know, what do we risk? Who do we risk? Who do we play? We've been talking about this for two or three or four weeks, but the game is here now. We've seen what Leicester have done, because Leicester have got a cup match next Tuesday. However, they put a full side to gate against uh, West Ham, and they did very well. They won that game. And so the question is, will they do the same thing against Saturday? The, the rumours that we've heard are coming out that maybe, and maybe we have some people around the table that might talk about that, but for Brentford, the, the vibe is here that, you know, the league is so important. We need to kind of just concentrate on that. Ian, what are your thoughts on this Leicester match? So I, I've been told that Leicester are going to play a very strong team against us with all their, their main first team stars. Although tonight, Jamie Vardy, I understand, has picked up a hamstring injury. He may not be there, but from what I've been told, Leicester could feel a lot of their, of their main players. But it's interesting that Brentford had a B-team game tonight and uh, people like Drew Yearwood and Ratchich and Hammer, who all played against Stoke in the FA Cup for us, were missing from the B-team game tonight, Don't having tell played... Tell name, Pike. Sorry, Pike. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Certain B-team players who played on Sunday were missing from the B-team <laughs> game tonight, which may suggest they might be in the Brentford team on Saturday. I think it will be what I think all of us are called, like a B-minus team. I can't see... B-minus or A-minus? Sorry, yeah, you're right. A, B plus, A minus. I think every other year in the Championship, I've wanted us to play as strong a team as possible in the Cup. But this year, I'm quite happy if we play a medium-strength team. I think it'll be very close to the team we played against Stokes. We have Luke Daniels, obviously, in goal. Makonda, um, Devasoglu. The, the, the real sort of question mark is who's going to play in central defence because um, Mad Sorensen, obviously, is on loan at Wimbledon. Uh, if Pontus Janssen's hip injury is more serious than, than the Cubs let on... Would they risk uh, Jean Vier or uh, Pinnock against uh, Leicester? The problem is we, we, were gonna, we played three centre-halves in the, in the third round, Ratchet, Sorensen and, and Pinnock. Are we going to do that against Leicester? We're going to play two. Ratchet obviously is, is definitely going to play. I wonder if Jean Vier might have a game alongside him, alongside maybe another B-team player, or are we going to go switch to four at the back? Certainly it looks like Yearwood and Hammer are going to be involved. Oxenden played against Stoke, came on as a sub in tonight's B-team game. I guess he might be flown back tomorrow. I, 
I can't see BMW or Pontus Janssen or Uraya or important players like that playing against Leicester this weekend. I mean, but, I'm going to say, Ian, I mean, and you said this about being a B-plus side, and not the, not the players, they're great players and we bring them in, you know, and normally when you say you're having a mix, because we're, what, there's a talk at some time, is it going to be a mix between A-side and B-side? So whether or not you're going to get like, maybe five B-team players and six A-team players or maybe four A-team players and, and seven B-team players, whatever like that. But listen to this, right? I mean, there's a squad that's been mentioned. Daniels, Ruslov, Janvier, Rakic... Thompson, Oksanen, Makondis, Yearwood, Devisoglu, Valencia, Zambrek. Which one of those players, tell me, would actually start for Brentford? Hey. Well, look, the, the, the fact is that this is maybe the last uh, dress rehearsal or, or audition these players get in the whole season outside of the Middlesex and the, the London Cups. So the reality is, you know, we're, we're worried about what, what Leicester will bring. Leicester got two injuries tonight. You know, they, they, they beat a rubbish team run by a bunch of pornographers, uh, <laughs> you know, in an in a, a athletics track. Uh, you know, and um, they all equally, within 72 hours, have a, a game that, 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 that sends them to Wembley. So we were talking earlier about the idea of cup versus league. Leicester have their own, they're, they're, they've got their own dilemmas. We have a, a lovely situation where I think because we're such a good, tight squad, first team squad, and we're on such good form, we don't have any A team. Uh, maybe Valencia might be the only player where you want someone to live up to your expectations. You want, you want Marcondes Mar- to get match fit. But actually, everyone else, you know, there are no A minus players on their down, on, on, you know, down on their on their hoofs who need to sh- show that it, that they can perform. We just have a bunch of plucky B team players, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I'm a, my only concern is if we go to a, a back four, like if we'd have Madsbeck Sorensen, obviously he's going to get. Hopefully, I really hope he's going to get sort of ten, twenty games at Wimbledon. Because I think he could really play a part here, and actually, he's he is our fourth choice centre back, and he showed last year he's got great capability. Okay, which is good. I'm just coming back to this game here now, though. I mean, we've got this team. He, this, he, he's not available. This, this, yeah, I'm saying he's not playing. Yeah, 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 so he's, he's, he's throwing a banana in there. And not, but listen, listen, just this team here. What are your thoughts on who are going to play? Who is going to play? And you know. Are you resigned to the fact? Yeah, I mean, I look at the most probable team that's going to play for Brentford, and, I, and, I, and I, hand on heart, I'd say it's not going to be good enough to to to, to beat Leicester. You know, Leicester are <laughs> former Premier League champions, and they're breathing down the neck of a Champions League place this season. They're they're a quality team, so uh, Brentford team light. Is is um, very is a is a very difficult proposition when you're looking at beating Leicester City. You know, you you can snarl at them and you can pretend that they're not this and they're not that. Leicester City Football Club are a very very strong team to be playing on Saturday. So, but you know, when, when you combine combine Brentford B with the atmosphere that Griffin Park can provide, I, I, I think we can give them a game. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, but let's not, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean, again, we're not getting ahead of ourselves, and I think, for me, we have to just look at this 
And like I said to you, and I've said this probably a, week, a couple of weeks ago, let's bring this back to when we're in Division 1. We're in Division 1 and we're desperate to get through to the FA Cup first round, then the second round, the third round. Then we're keeping our fingers crossed we're going to get Man United. Then we end up getting Oldham or something like that. And then we beat Oldham. Then we're keeping our fingers crossed we get Arsenal. And then we'll end up getting Derby. And it was just it was so annoying. So, But every time we did that and we, we beat them, it was fantastic because we were never expected to beat them. And we did. And on Saturday, we're going to have a, a side which is a not our first team. So... On TV, they might be going, this is Brentford team who's like BMW and all that. Like, no, no, it's not that. But for us, it's almost going to be like when we played Everton, like I said to you, my game a few weeks ago, which was fantastic. We weren't expected to beat Everton, but we can go out there thinking we are underdogs. We've got our team. We're going to back our team and we're going to go out there and, fingers crossed, do the business. Well, exactly like you said, Bill. For so many years, for for decades, it's, the the cup's been a welcome dis- distraction from underperformance in the league. Now we've got overperformance in the league or performance in the league, depending how you look at it. Suddenly, the cups are expendable, and it, it, it's a bonus. I don't. I actually don't think. I don't think our B team is is that far away from Leicester's B team. Uh, you know, we've got two teams. It's probably the battler who could, who could care less. We've, both teams have got massive priorities elsewhere. If you said to a Leicester fan, would you rather win the League Cup or get in Champions League or get to the next round of the FA Cup? That would be the next round of the FA Cup's a distant second. I mean, the Leicester fans, from what I'm talking, you know, what, what I hear, uh, my brother lives up there, is that they are more excited about a terrace than the actual tie and, and the, the, for a lot of them, ticking off Griffin Park before it goes. So, and note that the club as well. Terraces, people love coming down here and standing, and the idea of standing. And uh, listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go on about this. But I had a little chat to a, a few people at the FSA, the FSF today, which was quite interesting. And I might give you a few little notes on that conversation a few weeks' time when I've actually processed it in my head. But it's uh, it has a big effect on us in what we're doing with our new stadium in the next year or two. And a lot of people will be very happy about that. But anyway, listen, Leicester. Like I said, they're, uh, they're coming down to Griffin Park. And uh, we'll play whoever we're going to play. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, we'll give up a good fight. I'm going to ask you the question. Just go around the table here. Give us a score prediction. The Westbrook. Well, I think if it's two B-plus teams against each other, we're at home. I'm going to go one all. I, I can't see it being goalless draw even though it's not our, our first team. Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw and a replay and our first visit to the King Power Stadium for all of us. Uh, no, I've actually been to the King okay. Power Stadium and they, and they have clappers there okay. as well. Like Fulham, the, the, the clapper, these clapper, clapper twins they are. In that case, first visit for most of us then. <laughs> Indeed. Um, the Lucan. Yeah, do you know, you, you took the words, you took the words right out of my sorry, mouth. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Exactly. I, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling it's not going to be decided on the day. Sorry, BBC. You know, um, sorry, Dan Walker. You know, uh, Lineker, uh, uh, Yeah, Who's yeah. That? And I, I, I think the fact it's early, it's at, it's at our ground, goes in our favour. And it's I, live. I, it's, it's live on the BBC. <laughs> and I, I think, I think we'll get a replay. You know, probably both teams might have given up on the FA Cup by the time the replay comes around, depending on the fixtures. Yeah, I think one. I think probably I can't see I can't see either team keeping a clean sheet, but I can see both teams scoring. So one all replay. Leicester, here we come. 
2-0 Brentford. Done. Interesting. And I'm, I'm going to do this. It's the first time I've ever done this ever. I'm going to go 2-0 to uh, Leicester. I know. Oh, sorry. I could have, I could have, I could have lied and gone for the draw. The game, listen, the game is gone. You know, it's all right. I'm going to put an up bet on the other side. Oh, dear. Yeah, listen. But anyway, we should move on. This is... This is the besotted pride of West London podcast as we've thrown that bombshell into it. You you can't say what you mean anymore, can you? But um, this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. We have got, we are up for the, despite me saying we're going to lose, we are still up for the cup. We're going to be in the pub. Pubs are open at nine o'clock in the morning as well. If Leicester fans are listening here as well, just look at besotted.com. And Ian, who's on here as well, does a fantastic preview. It's going to be out on Friday and he's going to tell you all the places that you can drink. And you just turn up as early as you want to and we'll let you in with open arms and we'll you can drink as much as you want to. And then hopefully we'll beat you and then you can go home and then you won't be very happy after that. But I know, it's only joking, which is all good. But like I said to you, we're all sitting around here very excited because we're up for the cup. Check us out, Pride of West. London. We got a radio show on Monday, eight till nine o'clock on Love Sport Radio. But other than that, and also give us a review on iTunes. Do that again, please. Review us and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, we're at Brentford. We're up the cup as we're sitting inside here. Everyone's left the pub because you know, it's very, very late. As we want to just. Oh, you mean? You mean? We're up for, for the, the cup. cup. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.